Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 15, which was written by Steve Orlando and Jody Hauser with art penciled by Robson Rocha, inked by Daniel Enrique, and colored by Michael Attia. The description for this issue reads, quote, Plain Sight Part 1. This public service announcement is brought to you by the Department of Extra Normal Operations. You saw how Supergirl hit a murderer underneath National City right before our eyes. What other dangerous secrets is she hiding? She is not human, and therefore she cannot be trusted. DEO agents will be stationed at every school to ensure their safety. Your cooperation is greatly appreciated, unquote. And I have a feeling that maybe Director Bones wrote that description. <laughs> I think so. I think he was uh he was sitting there in his desk writing it with his little with his little bone fingers. With <laughs> his little uh, cyanide <laughs> hands. Cyanide sweat hands. That seems uh like something that he append for this issue. And actually, maybe we should start talking about Director Bones because he was featured prominently in this issue. He uh, he sort of gave out his motive and why he's doing what he's doing with uh, trying to go after Supergirl. So, Morgan, since we uh, really got excited the last time we saw Director Bones in Rebirth, what are your thoughts about getting to see more of him? Yeah, let's just right, get right into the best part of the issue. <laughs> Director Bones all day, every day. <laughs> I, lo- I love that they even did a shout out to his cyanide touch. Yes. That made me laugh so hard because when we looked it up, we were like, what is this? And if we, if we, if we had just waited one issue. <laughs> it's one of the coolest things about him. It makes him so unique and deadly. And there are so many cool things about Director Bones, mostly that he's a skeleton in a suit that smokes cigars. <laughs> mostly that, but also cyanide sweat. Uh, but yeah, so it was cool that that actually got pointed out. Yeah, I laughed about that too. I like Director Bones in this issue. I thought he was great. I mean, evil, kind of, <laughs> but also great. Uh, I think he's a really good villain um, for Supergirl because he thinks that he's doing something to protect people because he thinks that Supergirl is dangerous. And also apparently he was a villain um, at one point and he took an article about himself, framed it and then hung (laughs) it on his wall. Which I respect. (laughs) I mean, like, listen, respect on that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he's really proud of his past and his accomplishments uh, in that area, even if they were <laughs> for nefarious ends. He's like, listen, when I was a supervillain, I was the best supervillain. <laughs> now that I'm director of the DEO, I'm going to be the best at that, too. Look at this picture. Can you see my costume in this picture? <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like sitting there talking about the costume. He's like, listen, the costume really struck fear in the hearts <laughs> of people. And I'm not saying my fashion was better than Supergirls. I'm just saying it worked. <laughs> I'm just saying it was really effective. And it did its job, and I looked great in it. I'm just saying, I was serving looks in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> he did have it framed on the wall. Uh, maybe, maybe it was just a memento of you know reflecting on his past and thinking about where he'd come from. But yeah, it was a little suspect that he he keeps that fresh in his brain. And speaking of that group, because I got curious because it it had the word havoc on that panel. 
And I looked it up, and there was a group called Helix. Uh, and I think Director Bones was called Helix Havoc was the character that he he went by when he was a, a, a former supervillain character. But the group Helix was a group of six mutated children experimented on in the womb by the deranged Dr. Benjamin Love. As each child was born, he spirited them away, telling their parents they were stillborn, and raised them in secret before disappearing, leaving them with no experience of the wider world and no moral sense. So this was the group that uh, Mr. Bones, before he became director, before he was promoted to director Bones, uh, he was part of this group. And it's actually kind of a sad story that they were experiment. This is kind of how he became a director Bones. Uh, he was experimented on, taken away from uh, his parents. So it's actually a kind of a sad story. But, uh, yeah, he's he's really proud of that past, I guess. Yeah, I had no idea that Director Bones had such a tragic backstory. Yeah, I mean, it really makes you feel for him. Maybe we'll get a little bit of that. Like, maybe we'll just, like, really dive into, like, the psyche of Director Bones. Yeah, I would love to be uh, introduced more in depth to his story and, and really dig into what makes him tick. Because I think we did get a little bit of that in this issue. Like, we got a motive for why he's... He's in direct opposition to Supergirl, and it's not just because he hates her. He wants to control her because he thinks that she's a threat, and I kind of understand why he thinks that, because she did, during that whole Fatal Five situation, she did get a little out of control with her powers. Whoops. Things got a little crazy, so he wants to be able to control her, and like you said, he wants to protect people, but maybe he's not going about it in the right way. Maybe he could just talk to Supergirl and they could come to an understanding. But I, I sort of like that he he has these questionable things that he might be doing in order to protect people, because that sort of plays into his dichotomy as a former reformed supervillain who is now head of the DEO, which is supposed to be an organization that helps people. Um, so uh, we probably, since this is a podcast about Supergirl, I guess we could also talk about Supergirl. I mean, we could talk about Director Bones probably for a long time. Do you mean this isn't the Director Bones podcast? I'm in the wrong place. We probably <laughs> should do a spinoff podcast called Director Bones Radio. Uh, <laughs> I would I would love that. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's uh, something in the future that could spin off of Supergirl Radio. But maybe we should talk about the main character in this title. So uh, what did you think about Kara in this issue? Um, I liked Kara in this issue. I think she's like, she's really struggling in this issue with the fact that Supergirl has become this public enemy. Um, We see her in the beginning. She's got, I think, what page is this? On page six, she's catching the car and saving the dog. Just doing like regular heroic Supergirl stuff. (laughs) Seems super chill and happy and then all of a sudden it's like she's being surrounded by DEO agents and they're firing like some sort of bullets that actually hurt her and she's like ow this sucks (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which I mean I feel you I feel you Kara Um, I think we got more of Kara in this issue than we've gotten previously in most other issues I feel like if there's one criticism I have, I guess, of this run of Supergirl, it's that 
we get tons of Supergirl. We get very little Kara. So it was kind of cool, actually, to, to be part of her school life and see what that was like and see her interacting with uh, Eliza and Jeremiah and sort of having to try to hide her secret identity um, instead of just being Supergirl all the time. I think that that was kind of a, a cool twist. Uh, we got to see some of her friends. We got to see more of Ben. We got to see Ben's friend, whose name I forgot, who was Belinda. wearing like, Wonder Belinda, was that like a Wonder Woman sweater she was wearing? I think so. And that wasn't the only, I saw that there's um, in, on page, that wasn't the only Wonder Woman shout out. On page 19, uh, Kara has a, a poster of uh, Diana's uh, essay collections, Reflections, a collection of essays and speeches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Kara is a fan of Wonder Woman. So there's a, there's a lot of Wonder Woman love in this issue for sure. There definitely is. I, I, I liked that we got a little bit more Kara in this one a little bit less supergirl um but yeah she's definitely she's definitely struggling in this one yeah i i think you made a a good point with the uh the humanity part of this issue and that's that's what i liked about reading supergirl number 15 is that it did focus more on Kara because you're absolutely right in this rebirth run of supergirl it's been a very supergirl heavy and not a lot of insight into Kara. And Kara, for a long time, felt really distant, didn't want to be on Earth, didn't want to be with the Danvers. And so I think she's maybe starting to kind of try with the, you know, the Danvers as her parents. She's kind of maybe wanting to try with school and with, you know, Catco and Ben and so maybe maybe she's trying to be more human, but I I like that right even out of the the gate in this issue when she does get shot by that bullet, she bleeds, and so that's that's to me that's a visual of her humanity that she's uh, able to bleed like we are. So even though she's not a human, she's an alien. She's a Kryptonian from <laughs> from another planet, so she's not really an Earthling per se, but she does have some humanity to her, and so I like that this issue forced her to drop Supergirl a little bit. Like she was she was forced to stop being Supergirl and she had to focus on being Kara. And I really, really liked that. And what I what I was compelled to think in my head as I was reading the issue was, yeah, maybe you can't be Supergirl, but you can still help people as Kara Danvers. And I just I kind of kept screaming that at her while I was reading <laughs> the issue. And I don't know if that, I don't know if she heard me even with her super hearing. I don't know if she could hear me screaming at the at the pages. <laughs> but I would really like to see that out of this Cara Danvers that she uh, that she would realize that she could help people even without her cape. And even in terms of the humanity in Cara in this issue, I think it also you know like you talked about her being with the Danvers, she had to face normal everyday non-superhero things like talking about school dances and eating dinner with her parents and uh, making friends at school. And uh, even there was some stuff with Eliza and Jeremiah where they were having to deal with <laughs> sort of everyday normal things. Um, what, what did you think about uh, Eliza and Jeremiah and getting to see more of them and them talking about how uh, they're adjusting to life outside of the DEO. Yeah, I really like that. I feel like Eliza and Jeremiah have sort of disappeared into the background the last couple of issues, and they haven't really been in it much. Uh, so I liked getting some Eliza and Jeremiah time. I like the the scene that they have 
when they're sitting on the porch and they're sort of talking about, and Eliza's talking about how worried she is about Kara. But it's also, I also like their dinner table scenes where they're talking about their boring new jobs and how, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like if you were a DEO agent and then suddenly you were, you know, working in pharmaceutical branding, uh, (laughs) you would, uh, that'd be a little bit of a a downgrade, you know, excitement wise. Yeah, you maybe would want to be out in the action where someone was shooting at you probably because you had just gotten used to it. Yeah, you're like, this branding isn't as dangerous as I hoped. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was neat to see them uh, kind of I think even they were having to struggle just like Kara was where Kara has that same instinct where she wants to be out in the action and doing things and helping people. And I think Jeremiah and Eliza have that same <laughs> same problem because they're now stuck in uh, a boring job and Kara sort of I think sees her school life as that and I I really liked getting to see more of Eliza and Jeremiah and the 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 scene where they're on the porch is is really nice because I think it uh, gives some more insight into them as as they're adjusting to um, being parents I think yeah I like that we got more of them in this issue I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of their perspective on on things and and I, I think it's really interesting to to see them sort of like deal with being a, the pa- the parent of a super powered teenager who is now being hunted by their old court like their old um, job basically yeah the the DEO is coming after supergirl even even they're kind of coming after Kara because they've now set up shop in Kara's school so She's guarded by DEO agents and surrounded by them at every turn. So it sort of feels like the, the walls are sort of caving in on, uh, on, on Kara on all levels of, of her life. Um, but yeah, I, I really did like the, the Jeremiah and Eliza stuff um, just, just to see that they're, they're having to go through these same kind of issues. And so I think that's a nice parallel for those characters um, so what did you think about the, uh, the, the art in, in this issue? Um, uh, and, and do you have any favorite panels, any favorite pages? Uh, what, what really stuck out to you? Um, I really liked the, uh, the first page where we kind of get the traditional Supergirl shot. I think it was page six where she's saving the dog from the car. It was like, do, 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 Supergirl. <laughs> I know, it was page five. <laughs> I could like hear the like the little theme song in my mind. She's like got, she's got her arm up, her hair and her cape are blowing. She's like, yeah, I know, I'm saving your dog. It's a, <laughs> it's pretty, it's a really cute panel. And then it sort of contrasts with all the bad stuff that happens in the next page when the DEO goes after her. Um, I also really liked, let's get to my good friend, Director Bones. <laughs> uh, I really liked the uh, a lot of the Director Bones stuff. I thought that he, I mean, he's such a visually striking character that whenever you sort of throw him in stuff, it's uh, it's pretty great. I, I like the, uh, the panels at the end where he's pointing to his own picture on the wall <laughs> on 21. And I also like 19 where Kara is sitting in her room yeah. uh, listening into Eliza and Jeremiah talking outside. Yeah, I really like that page because I like the little, there are little details in there that I really like. I like that it shows Kara floating above her bed, that she's just like hanging out in her room. And she's like, why could I sit, why would I sit on the bed when I could just float above it? <laughs> 
Um, so I thought that that was cool. And I like that she's wearing a red flannel shirt because, you know, red for the primary colors that Superman and Supergirl are famous for. And also flannel is very much associated with, you know, Kryptonian farm boys and farm girls. That's what they wear. Um, and I, I also thought it was curious that um, I, I would love your perspective on this because I was uh, confused about it. Kara has some headphones on her bed. Yeah. Why would she need those? <laughs> Could she not? I mean, why Why would Supergirl ever need headphones if she has super hearing? That is a, a very good question. I don't have an answer to. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think about it, and now I will never stop thinking about it. I mean, maybe the headphones focus it up. But I, I would think if you had super hearing, you could do that. You could focus on anything. I don't know. I was like, I, I'm questioning. This is a really nice page. What, what a beautiful panel. Wait, what are you, what are you doing? What are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, and what, what is Car? Is it Car listening to a podcast? Is she listening to music? What if she's listening to Supergirl Radio? We're just going to assume that she's listening to Supergirl Radio. That just seems logical. That's what I think she's... But also, she should be listening to it without headphones. Cara. Listen, I know you're listening. You don't need those headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so I did I did like that a lot. Um, I really like the cover to this one. Very compelling, eye-catching. Um, Supergirl kind of looks mean and mysterious, which is I think is what uh, Director Bones wants the, the world to see her as. <laughs> uh, definitely not somebody you want to approach on the street. So it's sort of, it, it's, it's a good contrast to what Supergirl really is. So I like that a lot. Um, the one thing that I thought was really weird about this issue is that there were a lot of butt shots I did not notice the butt shots. I thought it was it was odd. Now I'm going to scroll through to look for some butts. <laughs> Is this a, a a running theme? So like on page seven at the top panel, there's this random butt in the in the right side of the panel. And I'm like, why does that need to be in that shot? I don't understand the intentionality of that. <laughs> that's true. Oh, my God. And then at the bottom, there's a DEO agent that's just like coming at those students but first <laughs> yes and i was like what is with the butt visuals in this one <laughs> so many butts <laughs> i don't understand it and i don't like it um, so that 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 really stood out to me in this issue in terms of the uh, i guess style uh so that was weird um but i did like uh as a harry potter fan i thought it was neat that on page 15 belinda is wearing a harry potter deathly hallows t-shirt oh, i didn't even notice the deathly hallows t-shirt that's so cool that really endeared me to the character of belinda and i really liked all of the stuff i got really jealous of ben and belinda i mean i know they're fic fictional characters and this is a fictional thing that they're doing but they went to an Atlantis virtual reality exhibit. Yeah, that looks pretty neat. I was like, why can't that be real? That would be pretty cool. Um, so I thought all of the visuals that went along with that, we got to see Aquaman. We got to see Atlantis a little bit. So I thought that was all really cool. And of course, the I mean, the most important part of the art besides Director Bones, really, because he is the most important part Clearly. <laughs> of, of this issue. And I think there's also... Um, yeah, so on, uh, 
I should, before I stop talking about Director Bones, there was a panel on Never page- stop talking about Director Bones. <laughs> <laughs> on page 20, there is a panel at the very top that I thought was really cool, uh, the way it shows Director Bones' hands at the very bottom, like he's <laughs> yes. reaching out. And he's got one glove on and one, like, non-gloved hand where it's just, like, cyaniding all over the place, probably. So I did think that that was a really cool way to uh, focus in on his hands because his hands are such an important part of his character. And speaking of hands... That was not an intentional segue, but I'm going to go with it because it's actually appropriate. There were a whole bunch of panels in this issue where Eliza didn't have a right hand. Yes, it's true. Every time she was on, she was in the issue, I would look and I'd be like, nope, still not there. You know, after a while you think, well, maybe I'm just tricking myself into thinking this is a big deal but like they're at the dinner table she doesn't have a hand they're on the porch she doesn't have a hand and i know we're 15 issues into this and maybe i should already understand that it's intentional but when you don't get any explanation for it you still kind of question it (laughs) we're never gonna get any explanation i am sure of it at this point (laughs) i just i don't understand Please, someone tell us why she does. I just, I want a whole issue dedicated to the backstory of why Eliza doesn't have a hand. I think it's such a, uh, an interesting choice, but uh, completely unexplained. Uh, so there was, uh, aside from the weird butt shots in this one, I thought the art was pretty good. Uh, so, uh, and also just as a personal note, thank you for all the director bones in this issue <laughs> to the creators and artists for uh, Supergirl number 15. Um, so, Morgan, what did you think uh, overall about this issue in terms of the story, the characters, the art? Uh, what did you think about Supergirl number 15? I liked this issue a lot, actually. I thought it, it really gave us some character development for Kara. Um, we got all that sweet, sweet director bones. Uh, (laughs) and I also thought it was a nice, it was a nice issue for the side characters. We got a lot of cool side characters that have maybe not had as much development so far, like the, uh, like Jeremiah and Eliza and Ben and, uh, and even, uh, Ben's friend Belinda I feel like we're kind of seeing Kara's universe sort of expand and see what she does when she's not superheroing all the time and I really like that yeah me too I I really enjoyed getting to see Kara at school and get to see her at home when she is I I I hate to say it but I really enjoyed seeing her not be Supergirl like it was it was just kind of refreshing it was a nice change of pace for a little while just to see what she would be like when she wasn't out doing things as Supergirl, so I thought that was good. And you did mention uh, the the minor characters. I did think that that was a strong point in this issue. We got to revisit uh, Dr. Veritas, and we got to meet uh, Agent Ocampo, who is the DEO agent at the school, uh, and we got to spend time with Ben and Belinda, as you said. So I did enjoy that, that we got to spend some time with those side characters, in addition to getting a lot of Supergirl slash, well, getting some Kara um, material in this issue. So yeah, I, I would agree. I really like this issue a lot. It's, it's probably one of my favorites of Rebirth just because, uh, it, uh, gave me a lot uh, that I like getting to see Kara, uh, getting to, uh, see more of the Danvers and also Director Bones. So that's always a winner in my book. 
All right, well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 15. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 15 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do that at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, where we also have a playlist uh, of music from the Supergirl TV series and anything that's about Supergirl. We, we have music for you to listen to there. We are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. This might be a bad time to tell you, Morgan, but I, I think there are some more podcasts in the works no so we're, we're, we're gonna have to add some to that list uh no. soon i know it's just it's gonna happen they keep making shows why <laughs> so podcasts keep getting created to talk about those shows oh man <laughs> but the good news in terms of dc tv podcasts we have a t public store so if you like uh any of the shows that we talk about on dc tv podcasts you can go to the store and find merch uh, t-shirts uh notepads onesies uh, iPhone cases, laptop cases, all sorts of stuff, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, if you go to supergirlradio.com at the top of the page, you'll find a link to the T Public Store. You can go there and uh, search our store for all the cool stuff. It's pretty awesome. And uh, if you want to follow me uh, personally, you can do that on Twitter at DerbyKid. And you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. You can also watch videos of mine over at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I am also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. And if you want to hear me attempt some voice acting on a podcast called The Fakest, you can do that. I think it's thefakest.com, but you can find it on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, I think the the most recent episode, which also features another person on this podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, this is the podcast where things go a little crazy. Paul, the lead character, gets offended by the place he goes to for lunch <laughs> and causes a little trouble trouble for that restaurant. And uh, my character, uh, producer Leanne, tries to smooth things over. It might not go so well. Uh, so it's a really fun podcast. So if you're interested in it, definitely check it out. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Um, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we uh, podcast on no specific schedule. That's our <laughs> motto. Uh, but we actually, we actually are planning a live and wired episode um, this Thursday at, I believe it's ten thirty um, Eastern Standard Time. So that would be like seven thirty other 
time zone. The Pacific? Um, <laughs> is that what they call it out there in, in the West? I was going to say Western, and I was like, that doesn't sound, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like a thing. People. We don't that, pay attention to those people out on that other coast. I don't. I'm not saying I don't care about people in other time zones, but I am saying that. So, uh, <laughs> but we are going to be doing a live podcast on Mixler. Um, so that should be pretty fun this Thursday. Um, it is, it is 7.30 Pacific time, 10.30 um, Eastern time. Uh, so if you have some questions about our Comic-Con experience or about Legends or just literally any question at all, we're not specific, so we'll just take them. Uh, you, should, you should hang out with us because those live podcasts are always a lot of fun. Um, and then also, uh, as Rebecca mentioned, I might have done a voice or two on the podcast, The Fakest. Now... I have to say, I am not a voice actress, and I have not listened to the, the podcast episode yet, and I'm real scared to. So, why don't you guys listen to it, report back, tell me how bad I was, and then I can just gauge my expectations accordingly. Look, uh, you would not be rec- recruited for that effort if you didn't have something to bring to the table. <laughs> so, uh, I really got excited that you were part of it, and it's it's been a lot of fun, just uh, because uh, if you've been listening to Supergirl Radio for any length of time, you'll know uh, the the voice uh, who of, of, the, of the main character, Paul DeVoe, is Bill Meeks, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a couple times, help us learn about uh, helping us learn about some characters. So uh, I think it's really fun because that podcast is kind of an you know an accumulation of all of his his uh, efforts across all of his platforms, and so it's kind of fun to hear the voices from different things that I know he's been a part of. So it's cool that you got to be a part of that as well. I'm, I'm very excited. It was very fun. It was very fun. I was like, "What voice am I gonna do for this? I'm gonna try something different." And like, I'm just I I, I listened back to it, and I was like, "Ooh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> In the moment, though, I was like, "I am a voice actress. What if I went pro?" And then I listened back, and I was like, "No, I should definitely keep my day." job <laughs> <laughs> well um it's 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 a lot of fun no matter uh what you think about yourself and i think you did a great job i thank you so i wouldn't be too down on yourself um it's it's a really funny episode there's some weird stuff that goes on with uh, mr rogers <laughs> so uh so, so it's a very quirky podcast but a lot of fun and uh, just it aims to have fun and poke fun at, at things so um i enjoy being a part of it and i'm no voice actress either I'm just trying my best. Uh, so <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it continues to go. But uh, I've been enjoying my time on the Fakest. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. <laughs>